I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. D. Ross, happy Easter Monday. How was your weekend, my dear? Happy Easter Monday to you, too. I've been digging for eggs all weekend, okay? I've been searching for <laughs> eggs all weekend, man. I done found a couple, too, goddammit. Did, did they have some money in them? Because that's the only kind of eggs I used to like to find at the church uh, Easter egg hunt. The ones well, they got with, some with a little new, cash in them. They, they, they got some new ones, Ebony. I can't tell you what's in them over the, the, the broadcast, but oh, I'm going tell you what's inside what, the new you know, eggs, I know, Ebony. You, <laughs> I, know, I know how you like to move. I can take it's one whole, good It's a whole guess. new world out there, girl. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. I love it. I love it. Um, yes. But good. Well, you know, so much going on on this holiday weekend. Mm, um, some mm. amazing stuff with, of course, that versus that we were all blessed with last evening. Let me uh, tell with you something. Earth, that was fire, wonderful, right? Eyes, Listen, it was fantastic. What A couple things stood out for me, though, D, in addition to the, the legacy of that good baby-making soul music, right? Yes, Lord. Yes. Um. I don't know why folks is really now just getting hip to how fine older men are. I'm sure you've seen all these memes. Around. I actually really don't like it because, you know, I've been on my AARP shit. So I don't really, I'm not here for this influx of new uh-huh. <laughs> Now they're going to get on the way. Wait wave, right? a minute. Uh-huh. Y'all uh-huh. bitches late. Y'all That's bitches right. late. Zaddy's yeah. been it, okay? And, and they were representing in full force they were. last night, okay? They were. Um, Ronald Isaac carried it all on his back last night. Yes, and looking fantastic as he as he did so. Uh, yes. You know, something else uh, Black Twitter was giving me life about was the the reviews of Brother Steve Harvey and his uh, <laughs> his hosting. Do you, what you th- what, what did you think about that? Well, personally, I thought a host was unnecessary, but I was happy to see how they could make that look and what it would feel like. Um, mm-hmm. Steve Harvey, I mean, what do you expect? You got a bunch of black men over of a certain age in the room talking about memories and, and nostalgic moments. They're going to talk shit. So everybody that mm-hmm. said Steve Harvey was talking too much, I just wonder what they expected him to do. You know, have you not, have you never been to a barbershop? Yes, it was yeah. definitely giving us barbershop, uncle barbershop vibes. And, yeah. You know, I, I think it was appropriate for this particular versus, but I'm I'm with you. I I really don't like this new versus format, if I'm being honest, Dustin. Mm. I don't like the hosting. I don't like the overproduction. I don't like yeah. every I really don't even like everybody being in the same room together, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I like to go I like the old school baby face, Teddy Raleigh, Scott Storch, Manny Fresh. Everybody's yep. in their own camp with their own yep. squads. Yeah, coming with straight fire. I, I actually like that better. This it is made the moment to- really mm-hmm. special. This seems more of a, like you said, it's more produced and it's more of like a show. Yeah. It's not a moment like versus originally, you know, showed up to us. So, yeah. But that said, you know, anytime we can get the Isley Brothers and, and Earth, Wind, and Fire, we'll take it, right? And um, yeah, give them their flowers now. You know, please. that's why that's why the moment was so special. Well, speaking of giving folks their flowers now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we got to transition to the the breaking news with uh, DMX, man. Oh Lord, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. you know, this brother, I, 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 it's not looking good at all, Dustin. I mean, we just have to call a spade a spade here. Oh, Reports baby. are saying you know very limited, if any, brain activity, vegetative state, all all a result of uh, a reported drug overdose. Heartbreaking. 
you know, heartbreaking, devastating, all of the things. Of course, we're still, this man is not gone yet as of the recording of this show. So we're going to yeah. keep him lifted in highest prayer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, family members flying in, paying respects, uh, holding a vigil uh, uh. right outside the hospital in White Plains. But here's what I want to say about it, though, Dustin. It's mm-hmm. sadly so not surprising yeah. um, to me that this is where uh, this legend uh, of the culture has found himself. And he, he's a, a victim of addiction, you know, and we've we've seen DMX and his struggle with addiction for many, many, many years now. And. You know, it's just really sad. And, and I do think that there's some some accountability that I do want us to to talk about at some point on holding court. You okay. know, I feel very strongly about, and we've touched on this, and we got to do a whole episode, Dustin, about the culture and hip-hop in particular mm-hmm. and and the, the double-facedness that it does around drug culture and celebrating yeah, it, yeah, you know, for sure, for um, sure. and, and that's not me being prudish or trying to be on some holier than thou shit. It's just, no. we just can't have it like both ways, right? We cannot uh, celebrate and legitimize. And I'm not talking about no dub and weed and reefer because no, I've not no, seen no. anybody overdosing and going into cardiac arrest around marijuana. Right. I'm talking about uh, codeine. I'm talking about fentanyl. Yep. I'm talking about heroin uh, yep. and all of these extremely dangerous opioids that we celebrate uh, collectively as a culture in the music. Yep. Uh, and then when folks like DMX uh, are on the cusp of of, of this life, uh, I told you every time Lil Wayne trends, I'm worried it's, it's the last call for this yeah. brother. Yeah. Uh, we got to look at that, Dustin. We really do. I agree. It, it, it's a it's a very important and relevant conversation. Um, and now that we are demanding accountability from so many different areas, we, we have to kind of look, you know, turn the lens on ourselves. So, like I Michael agree. say, we got to look at the man in the mirror. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But that's that. You know, of course, deepest prayers for for Brother DMX and his family uh, as he as he tries to recover and and get through this devastating. Uh, circumstance. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, we got a super packed docket again uh, this week, Dustin. And people were extremely, I don't know about you, but I heard like a lot of really strong feedback um, from mm-hmm. last week's show. I think people just really felt like they got a lot of knowledge. They took yep. notes like we told them to. That's right. So listen, right. y'all go ahead and get your, get your pens and paper ready. We got it's another gonna, one for you. It's another one for you. Yeah, it's another one of those kind of episodes where you're, you're going to get just so many gems. Um, before we get into the docket, and we are going to start with all things Quavo and Sweetie, and um, I, I, I'm starting there for a particular reason. Okay. Um, but I want to just give everybody a heads up about some things that are upcoming for Holden Court D and some things mm. that, um, that they're not going to get. So a couple notes here. Number one. People have been asking for, of course, we're going to give you a Derek Chauvin sidebar, but but there's a naturally, but there's a reason why Dustin Ross and, and, and you know, the reason why we are not like a lot of other outlets that are just, you know, minute to minute, gavel to gavel Mm -hmm. on every little thing, every single word of testimony in the trial. And, and you'll get the deep dive on that when we release the sidebar, it will be coming out soon. Yeah. Um, But I just really cannot give people false hope. Dustin, as it relates to this trial. Um, And, 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 and I'm going to go here. I thought about it. Am I going to go there? I'm going to go here. Y'all got to remember we are in the content creation business. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there are some people that authentically and genuinely are devastated by the death of George Floyd, one accountability for Derek Chauvin and all of that. But the need to generate content 
around this trial is also prevalent. Okay. Mm-hmm. You hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. Call it out. I'm going to just leave that right there. Um, and and I, I just, we don't move like that on holding court. No, so we're going to give will. you, and we never will, because uh, it's just too much content out there that's going to advance the narrative. And that's, that's, that's our mandate, right? On this show, if it's not advancing the narrative or providing relevant information that's going to empower and educate, we're not touching it. We're not touching it. Nope. We're not, t- not going to tell you shit you already know. Like, yep. that's just not the nature of this show. That said, there is some shit y'all do need to know as it relates to this trial thus far. And you will get that. Stay tuned. There will be a sidebar around all things the trial of Derek Chauvin coming up very soon. Yes. I just wanted yes. to put that out there. All right. Jen Shaw. Your, that's your girl, Dustin. Yes, it is. I want oh 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 to be a fly on the wall in the Shaw Chalet right now. Whoo! Listen, okay. So here's the deal. Uh, everybody's wanting to know why we're not covering uh, all things the federal indictment of Jen Shaw on holding court. Let me tell you why. Okay. So much to get into. Wish we could, y'all. This woman is technically my colleague, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we we both. Uh, work with and are in contractual relationships with NBC Universal and Bravo. And personally, Dustin, you know, and we talked about this offline. I just find it to be uh, an ethical conflict yeah. of interest for me to cover a colleague. You know, so that's just something for y'all out there. You jurors know that. No, I see the headlines just like you do. Please believe I got a whole bunch of legal analysis. I would love to share with you about it, but it would be of poor taste, Right. For me to to go there with a woman that, um, or any, and that's why you won't hear any housewives, you won't hear any married to medicine, when those franchises intersect with the law and shit, we all know they do and they do often. Um, we can't touch that here on holding court as long as I hold that platform. Now, and that's, that's fair. Ch- right? That's fair. It should be a no-brainer for for most people anyway. Um, it's a new, amazing relationship that for you that, that is... Um, valuable and smart and you're just being responsible with that and you're not being messy like some people might want you to be and it just speaks to your integrity as a as a a content creator as a host of this podcast and the choices that you make you know what i mean so fuck y'all if y'all thought you were gonna get the mess here you're not let's move on (laughs) i love you so much but yeah thank you that's basically what i'm trying to say out there like we we just can't be messy like that not on holding court lastly uh before we get into the docket I really, really fucks with the way Joe Biden is moving on a particular issue right now, Dustin. Mm, okay. And that issue is the appointment, the zealous appointments mm. of black women on yes, the federal yes. judiciary. Now, yes. listen, I was going to make it just a docket topic today. And I said, nah, fuck all that. The mm-hmm. jurors, the people, they deserve better. We're going to do a whole episode. Yes. It's going to be in the next two weeks. Okay. I've already identified the ideal guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, this sister is boss and she's going to really be able to deep dive with us, Dustin, the significance of why Biden is moving with this urgency and zealousness to put black women in particular on federal appellate court benches. He's got yes. all three of his appellate nominees right now are all black women. Y'all, Love that's it. unprecedented. Uh, and, and, and he's far from fucking perfect. Okay. At yeah. all. But on this shit right here, it's important. Um, so I just want to give everybody a heads up. Uh, we see the headline. We're going to give you everything you need to know about why black women on the judiciary is 
a game changer. Love it. Love game it. And can't wait. I can't wait to get all the way up into that. Yeah, we're going to get into that shit real deep. Okay, so that said, let's get into today's docket. Everybody has seen um, the fallout of the video, Quavo, Sweetie, Elevator Scuffle, Caught on Camera. Right, yeah. right. Uh, we know it It leaked after the breakup, but has now been reported to have happened, occurred over a year ago. So yeah. it's it's not a new uh, not a new event, uh, but the the content has just been leaked. Now y'all saw the video. We've all seen the video. We see them uh, in, in, a, in a back and forth of sorts. That's that's physical to me, Dustin. It looks physical on both sides. That's mm-hmm. that's what I saw on the tape. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks as if the main thing is this. Can you tell? You know I'm old, Dustin. What the fuck is the big deal with this stupid ass orange Call of Duty case? Why it's is this a shit very, so very, important? Very very popular and rare game that people are excited about. That's the long and short of it. It's just a very, very popular and hard to get item that, um, you know, it just means what it means to those that it means something to. Okay, because let me tell you what I thought when I saw it, because I didn't know what the fuck it was. I just (laughs) knew as a lay old auntie bitch, I'm looking at them fighting for dear life Mm -hmm. over this orange case. Now I'm thinking Mm -hmm. in that case can only be one of two things. Mm -hmm. A firearm Mm-hmm. or cash mm-hmm. or jewelry. You know, I thought it was something of such value because that's what was very clear to me. As much as Sweetie's ass was trying to run up on that elevator and close the door right quick, Quavo mm-hmm. was not letting that, like she wasn't going no fucking where with that case, period. She like, was not. Period. Um. So thank you for educating you, sis. Uh, a, a video game? All right. It's a All video right. game. I hear yeah. you. Listen, no judgment. No yeah. judgment. No judgment. Y'all crazy. All this, right. This video <laughs> has set the internet on fire all week, though, on all weekend. Um, and it's just it's just unfortunate. I'll just say that it's just so unfortunate to me. Um, and I wish them both the best. I, I am I I have no tolerance for any sort of domestic violence whatsoever. Um, and so I just I'm glad that they're able to move beyond this issue. Um, and, and re, you know, enter into a great relationship, if so it seemed. And now they've decided to end it. Um, this is none of our business. Okay. That's how I feel. You know? And I, I love that you said that. You took me exactly where I want you to go. <laughs> okay. Because your sentiment, Dustin Ross, is very consistent with the culture. It's yeah. none of our business. Now, I wasn't even going to cover this shit on holding court because of the reasons I just said five minutes Mm -hmm, ago, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm, We don't do mm -hmm. mess. We don't do gossip. We don't do rumor. We really only cover things that have legs legally. The reason that this became something I wanted us to cover was the minute it started being reported by TMZ and other outlets that LAPD currently has opened opened an investigation. investigation. Yeah. Right. Now, let's go back to what you just said, though, which is. This is none of our business. Yeah. So when I look at the comments on social from the culture about that in that alleged investigation, people are like, what the fuck are they investigating and why? It doesn't seem as if Saweetie's trying to press charges. It yeah. doesn't seem as if Cuevo's trying to press charges. Leave these grown people alone. It, the law doesn't work that way. And that's what I want to break down for people, Dustin, because this is very yeah. fucking important. I had questions about that, so I'm really glad we're going to cover this because I did not understand why right. if no one's making a fuss about it. Okay, so the the folks that would be making a fuss, we, we, we call them in the law complaining witnesses, right? So that's where somebody either calls the cops at the scene of the incident 
or mm-hmm. goes later on to report some shit that went down and they want to file a police report, right? That's normally how that looks. And okay. then it's a very clear situation where there's designated complaining witness and then the police do an investigation and decide whether or not to bring charges. Well, they, actually, the police just decide what they feel like happened and then the, the prosecutor, city attorney or DA, decide mm-hmm. to actually bring charges if there's evidence to support the claim. There's an exceptional way that this can also happen, meaning charges end up being brought against one or both parties in an alleged incident. And that is when there is an absence of anybody complaining about shit, which is the case here, right? Nobody say that. But there is evidence, in this case, a videotape. I've seen in trial work an audio tape or a third party witness, meaning this didn't happen, I don't believe, in this case. But you know, in the part of the video, D, where we see somebody, uh, the elevator stops on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that individual could also go to the police station and be like, yo, I just saw a man and a woman tussling in an elevator. I don't know what it was, but it looked a hot-ass mess. That could yeah. also happen. The point of is this. You don't have to actually have a complaining witness that was involved in the occurrence to have charges filed. The police can make their own discretionary decision to pursue an investigation, even in the absence of that. Just because it's out there. Just because it's out there. So they're not working on behalf of Sweetie. They're not working on behalf of Cuevo. They're not working on behalf of Susie Q or Peter Paul. They are working on behalf of the people right? The people of the jurisdiction that they mandate over. And it is the way the law works, D, is it is incumbent upon law enforcement and prosecutors to protect the people, even if the said parties involved do not want to pursue it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, this is another case where there's so much other things that are are more deserving, I should say, of the focus and time and resources of this police department than investigating mm-hmm. this video. Mm-hmm. And it just is really disheartening, but I'm sure that these these procedures and processes and laws and, and rules have to be in place to protect the people that, that you know, could be benefited from being in that situation and something like this, this being the way that this works. So I don't well, know. Well, right. Just... Well, no, no, no. So now you're making a very important point. I want people to really pay attention to what you're saying. Okay. In this case, personally, and legally, I concur with you. Mm-hmm. In this case, this looks to me, two grown-ass people in a conflict that resulted in a tussle, a, t- a literal tug of war around this stupid-ass game. <laughs> yeah. And because she's smaller in frame, she fell to the floor and was down. Okay. That's what it looks like to me. This does not look like an assault to me. This does not look like an occurrence of domestic violence to me. And I've seen it. I've worked in it. Mm-hmm. I've actually been third-party witness to uh, live occurrences of it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know what it looks like. This circumstance does not reflect it, in my opinion. Okay. However, Dustin, there are cases that are not a tussle of a fucking game. There are cases where a man or a woman or a non-binary are savagely beaten, attacked. Yeah, yeah. And and because of a litany of things, fear, guilt, Stockholm syndrome, yeah. where you um 
have protection over your abuser. Those things exist. And in those situations where neither person wants to complain and file a report, it's extremely important that law enforcement, yes, and prosecutors have the capacity to pursue it in the absence of that complaining witness. Yeah. Make sense? Makes perfect sense. I get it. I I want people to, 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 yeah. So in this case, none of your business works. It's, you know, like who gives a fuck? But that's not always the circumstance in which law enforcement and or local prosecutors must move forward in the absence of a complaining witness. Now, Now here, if this wasn't Quavo and Sweetie, gazillionaire, multi-fascinated <laughs> celebrities, would LAPD yes. be giving a fuck? No, because LAPD are notorious clout chasers. We know yes, this. they are. So that is what this investigation, to me, would reflect. Um, I don't expect there to be any charges from it. I just don't think the evidence is there. But I wanted to break down, D, why sometimes it would be important for that independent intervention. Thank you. I'm glad you you made sense of that because having clarity, you know, it makes me feel a little bit better about it because I honestly thought they were just fucking with them because of who they were. Yeah, and they kind of are in this yeah. case. Yeah, but yeah. but um, but sometimes it, it, it could be valuable. All right, so what we're really talking about this optionality to, to pursue investigation or bring charges is really under the umbrella of a term called discretion, right? You got, okay. you got uh prosecutor's discretion. discretion. I know you do. You very discreet <laughs> motherfucker. So you would. So, um, <laughs> Oh my God. Just already in the show, already yes. in the show. Okay. Yes. Prosecutor's discretion, which says that they can bring charges as they see fit or not. Right. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Judicial discretion, which, you know, we'll talk about in a minute. Same thing. A judge gets to accept a plea, not accept a plea, accept a, a sentencing recommendation or not. Them. It's up to them. Thank you. All right. But let's move on to Baltimore. This is interesting. OK. Um, Baltimore City. Um, and they have a famed state's attorney by the name of Marilyn Mosby. Uh, yes. Sister Mosby. She's dope. Yeah. She's a, a sore on my skiwi. Um, <laughs> And uh, her husband, Nick's Mo- Nick Mosby, is also Baltimore City Council uh, president. So, you know, they're, they're a beautiful black power couple, and they're really doing a damn thing in Baltimore. Yeah, Shout out the to name them. rings bells in Baltimore, okay? Absolutely. Listen. That's right. It means something to be a Mosby in Baltimore. <laughs> okay. Um, so Masur is doing something that I think is extremely important. She's using her prosecutorial discretion as the city attorney, to say, you know what we're not going to do no more is prosecute bullshit. We're not going to prosecute prostitution or sex work. Mm-hmm. We're not going to prosecute simple drug possession. We're mm-hmm. not going to prosecute public urination and like, you know, just some bullshit, shit, yeah. nonviolent crimes. You know, and she said she had this to say in the official press release, D. She says today America's war on drug users is over. In the city of Baltimore, we leave behind the era of tough on crime prosecution and zero tolerance policing, and we no longer default to the status quo to criminalize mostly people of color for addiction. I know that's right. Very powerful statement. Very powerful because it's literally a policy change from the Reagan Nixon war on drugs, which was all about the criminalization Mm -hmm. of addicts. Which last I checked, addiction was a medical condition. That's what I heard. But that's what the hell they keep saying about <laughs> opioid addiction. Right. Right. right when it's right. in New Hampshire, 
Mm-hmm. When it's in Connecticut, then it's a medical issue. Child Everybody else is just right. strung out. Yeah, just a bunch of crackheads, right? Right. All right. Uh huh. Welfare queens. I recall. Um, so what Maryland is doing and what the, the, the prosecutors in Baltimore are doing here is this is actually quite revolutionary and, and it's really, it came about during COVID. So again, as we talk about the devastation and the, 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 oh my gosh, millions of lives lost in COVID, it can't be overstated. But I do want us to start looking at some of the things that COVID has done for society that actually make us look at some shit we've been doing and reassess it. I love that. I love that idea. Right. Maybe we mm-hmm. need to do some shit differently. And and what happened with COVID, right? We can't just be putting endless amounts of people in jail anymore because nope. that's going to lead to a public health crisis that affects us all. So now you got to figure this shit out. You now you have to figure, figure out some out. better policies. Mm-hmm. You have to figure it out now. Yeah. So that's where this came from. This came from overcrowding of jails around bullshit, stupid ass, nonviolent or societal threatening crimes like peeing on the street, a woman, man, or non-binary deciding to sell Mm -hmm. their bodies for commercial purpose, which Mm -hmm. that would seem like their right to me. (laughs) Um, Those things did not uh, justify, in this prosecutor's opinion, the overcrowding of jails and and the crowding of her docket in a court of law. So she said, fuck all that. We're not even pursuing (laughs) that, literally. And you know what the result has been, Dustin? Not only have less people been incarcerated, and I mean a significant 18% of the incarcerated population in Baltimore has gone down. That's a lot. That's an incredible number. Incredible number. Yeah, that's a lot. Also, quiet as kept, violent crime down 20%. Property crimes. They talk about Baltimore. Yes, property crimes with this new policy of not prosecuting the bullshit down 36%. Yeah. Instead, it's for those that want to say, oh, well, you know, now she's soft on crime. No, she's not. Get the hell out of here. Uh, Prosecutor Mosby is saying this. We're going to redirect our focus. Just like you talked about earlier, Dustin, with Quavo Nim. Redirect the focus and the resources to prosecute shit that needs to be prosecuted. Like armed robbery. Yes. Carjacking. For sure. Massive drug distribution organizations that are the underbelly of the violence in Baltimore and not use valuable jury time on those suffering from addiction. Come on, Maryland, with the come on. That's what I'm talking about right there. What a, what a, what a what an example she's setting for other cities all over the country and really globally to have a different perspective that is really going to be effective and you can see the difference in tangible data and numbers that makes that make it uh, make sense sense for anybody that looks at it i think this is great and where's her peace prize where's her fucking image award (laughs) no that's all the things give her her hard work and i'm gonna say this i'm gonna be done with it now i'm not gonna make this about kamala harris because it's not about her but it is Mm -hmm. about the gross demonization that Mm -hmm. a lot of folks and a lot of so-called progressives and a lot of us in the culture, we like to say that any and everybody that chooses to work as a prosecutor is a piece of shit. shit. No, it's not true. We cannot do that, Dustin. I talked about this years ago in the Breakfast Club. I'm talking about it now in holding court. Y'all, black people, I'm fucking talking to you. If we don't create space for the kind of work Sister Marilyn Mosby is doing, the kind of work that the prosecutor in Philadelphia is doing, the kind of That's work right. that progressive prosecutors, are, uh, Kim Fox in Chicago, these prosecutors are using their 
discretion That's right. to make policy better that impacts not only black folks, but society at large. Come the real now. work, the real the work real that work. needs to be done. And if you just sit back for five minutes and really learn and really just assess this, it's crystal clear. You have to understand the capacity that people have in different positions of that that bring you power. That bring you power. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. In a situ- situation where you never had it before. Yeah. Look at what she's done. Yep. But it, but if she was listening to uh, the peanut fucking gallery, right? Oh, you know, you you a traitor to the race if you are DA. You a traitor to the race if you want to work as a top cop prosecutor. She would not be able to implement this massive change for our people and the people of Baltimore as a whole. And that's the thing, y'all. We gotta we gotta stop with these fake narratives. You know? Yeah. Are there some problematic bullshit piece of shit prosecutors? Fuck yes. And they gotta be voted out. Right. Are we but, supposed to continue having just just a whole bunch of rotten ass prosecutors, or right. should we have people of integrity in that position who may be able to 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 do things a little bit differently and help every day? Yeah, we got to make space for people to change shit from the inside. That's Slow it. down, y'all, because it looked like uh, Marilyn Mosby then moseyed her way on into the history books with this one. This Come is on great. Now. I like yeah. that alliteration, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now. So real quick, before we go to break, uh, I want to do an update story. Remember last week, Dustin, we were talking about reparations, right? In the case of Evanston, Illinois, and uh, their package around housing uh, Mm -hmm. reparations, essentially. And and check out last week's episode if you missed it to get the deep dive on our conversation about it. This is a a follow-up. Look at good old Virginia. You know, Virginia Virginia kind of been low-key showing out recently. Okay. You know, abolishing the death penalty. Yes, yes. You know, and now here they go again. This is uh, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam got a new bill basically offering up reparations in the form of college education scholarships. Love to see it. You know, I'm here for that shit. Love Love it. it. It's important. And he's very specific. And um, the local uh, representative, Delegate David Reed, who actually introduced the bill, They're very specific in honoring what what this legislation will and won't do. Uh, Reed says this. It's going to take multi-generations to be able to correct some of those problems. But college education is often the way for people to be able to escape those cycles of poverty that they and their families have lived in for generations. That's it. It's just like we were saying last week, D, one sweeping policy is not going to correct 400 years of brutality and trauma. It's never going to happen. There's no stimmy check that is going to do that for us. Okay. (laughs) Get that shit out your head. It ain't no, there's no stimmy that's going to happen. Ain't no stimmy going to do that. Yeah. But to me, Dustin Ross, this is what reparations, uh, should look like. This is the infancy of it. It's a small mm-hmm. step to a much larger schism that mm-hmm. says, let's look at the ways that slavery and post-emancipation black codes, Jim Crow codes, yeah. devastated black citizenship. We, we, we redlined them out of housing districts. We took away their political voting power. We lynched and killed them for even attempting to own yeah. property, own storefronts, own commercial businesses. We, we did not even let them go to most major universities in this country until well into the 1960s and sometimes facts. 70s. That is facts. why we have HBCUs to this day. Um, so when I see this coming out of Virginia, that specifically UVA, 
Uh, shout out to you, Thomas uh-huh. Jefferson, with your punk ass. Yep. Yep. Montecito, yep. how you like that shit? Yep. Uh, the Virginia Commonwealth University, Longwood University, Virginia Military Institute, and wow. the College of William and Mary all having what are going to be called, and, and I really like the name of it too, the Enslaved Ancestors College Access Scholarship and Memorial Program. Period. Period. And it is specifically to do the thing that I really need this this reparations effort to focus on, which is this. not just any and everybody that's of color. No, no disrespect um, to our African brothers and sisters that have immigrated to this country. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to um, our Asian and Hispanic brothers and sisters who have immigrated to this country or were born here themselves. Right. But there's right. a special trauma and a special I want to use the right word here, Dustin. A, okay. a, a Take special your time with it. hardship. There you That's go. That's it. A special hardship that applies to those of us who are the direct descendants of American slavery. Yes. It just simply hits. It just is. Different. It just is what it, it is. It just what it is. And so I love that this particular scholarship, D, is specific for those that are the descendants of American slavery. Yeah. Important. I love it important shout out I love to you, Virginia. we're gonna give you a hand clap yeah definitely get pinned up for virginia you know they say it's for lovers and and they showing a lot of love so shout yeah, out to virginia shout out to them. and listen to that, that that governor you know he was in some hot shit not too long ago i still don't i still think the motherfucker was in blackface i want to be mm-hmm. clear mm-hmm. and, and all the bullshit he was doing but when you then step up and make policy and life better for my people I have to give you a little bit of grace. That's yeah, just how you. I roll. And, and, and let's be clear. It's no secret that you get the best shit out of a governor when they're in hot water. Mm. Okay. Cuomo. So, so hello. <laughs> hello. Because you, you see, we about to light it up on 420. So, <laughs> so you know, I just, kush, I just, kush. hello. Kush, so I just kush. think that yeah. um, this is another example of that. But yeah. when it, I'm with you when you're right. You when know, you, I'm with you when you're right. So that's that. Simply and beautifully put, D. Ross. Listen, you know, we got to take a little quick break. Uh, but listen, don't go anywhere, y'all. We have so much more holding court. Keep your pens and paper handy. We yes. got more gems for you after the break. All right, y'all, welcome back to holding court. Uh, as Justin just said, it's about to be a cush cush 420 up in <laughs> okay. New York. Yeah. You already know. Emer- Emerald City, baby. Okay, I'm so listen. glad. I, I, yeah, I can like feel your exuberant smile through the microphone. And it's actually giving me life. I love you for it. Um, so last week's uh, show, we talked about the breaking news that New York State will actually mm-hmm. now legalize cannabis. Recreational yes. cannabis. For anybody yes, over 21, will. three ounces or less, you good. And that's um, a lot. It, I was I was wondering. I'm not, you know, shocker. I'm not uh, yeah. the biggest weed smoker. I was wondering, like, is that a healthy amount? Oh my, that is okay. an insanely healthy amount. That oh, is good. A, that is a lot, lot, lot. That's more than than most people will ever consume. Have okay, anywhere near on their person on yes. an individual. Good, because yes. you know you didn't want it to be like some bullshit. Like, right. okay, you know that's not right. really reasonable. No. Good, glad to hear that. All right, so now New York is the 15th state in the union. To, uh, to have legal recreational cannabis. We love to see it. This is where it legally, it also impacts the culture in a very important way. Yes. NYPD, they just put out a memo and it says something very important. 
that simply the smell of marijuana alone is no longer justifiable, probable cause to search a car. Dustin Ross, baby, let me tell you how this is monumental. Okay, let me go. Let me go back. Let me go back. When I was practicing uh, criminal defense work, both as a pros- uh, both as a public defender, rather, and in private sector, mostly in North Carolina, but a little bit in LA, okay. that was on damn near. I'm not even exaggerating. Ninety percent of every fucking warrant I saw from my clients didn't matter the charge. D could have been a DUI, could have been a, a weapons possession. Could yeah. have been, uh, ex- you know, a high quantity of drug possession. Didn't matter the crime. Every fucking warrant said the same damn thing. We called them boilerplate warrants because it was copy and pasted like a motherfucker. Oh. Uh, I approached the vehicle on suspicion of the smell of marijuana. They all damn. say that shit. Every last one of them. And then they use that smell of marijuana suspicion as justifiable probable cause, that's a legal requirement, probable cause to search the vehicle, the trunk, the glove box to find the gun, the Percocets, the, uh, now I'm asking you to step out the car and, and give you a standardized field sobriety test to see if you're intoxicated, be- all because you didn't, you weren't speeding, you didn't run a red light, you didn't swerve. I saw no other probable cause. I simply approached your vehicle and smelled the aroma, odor of marijuana every fucking time, mm. Dustin. That's what it said. So when New York puts out this memo that says that the simple smell of marijuana alone can no longer justify a probable cause search, game changer. Game, game changer. changer. Yes. I love to see it. Love to see it. Oh, yeah. It's a big deal. Now, I want to be clear. They still can search your vehicle if you actually show an appearance, per their discretion, there's that word again, of being Mm -hmm. under the influence of marijuana. Um, Mm -hmm. So things that they'll cite, uh, red or pink eyes, droopy eyes, um, swaying of the body, things like that. So now if they can say that, and of course they can lie, but if they cite that, that could be justifiable probable cause. But the simple odor, all I did was smell weed, right. that ain't going to work no more. Nope. Um, that ain't going to work no more at all. They kick that crutch right out from underneath their arm, and I love it. Yeah. Um, you don't have that anymore. So so work harder. Do a little bit mm. Do a little bit more police work now. Yeah, find some I real PC. That's important. That's important. Um, the memo also says that officers cannot charge an individual for a hand-to-hand exchange of marijuana in quantities of that three ounces you spoke about or less. Very generous. Um, very generous and very important. And they have to actually see the exchange of money to, to then convict or try to charge for a crime. Because other than that, uh, a, an adult giving another adult three ounces or less, that's a gift. Mm, that's what that mm, is. Mm, a nice gift, too. I'm telling you, three ounces <laughs> is a large amount Good. of cannabis That makes to me consume. happy. I'm happy yeah. that that's a legitimate uh, personal consumption amount, you know, so oh, that man. people are going to be out here in these streets still getting, Huge. you know, still yeah. getting tapped. That's important. Um, so listen, y'all, uh, there's a, a shit ton more of work around social justice reform, police reform, all these things. But we're here on holding court to also give you guys a glimpse as to the progress that is being made. Yes, we right? are. And that's important. 
That's yeah. extremely important. We got to move on to your friend Lil Nas X, Dustin. Why <laughs> you got to be my friend? He's your friend. <laughs> Jay Shaw is your friend. All these fucking people are your friends. All of them. Oh, I love it. Okay, come on. Because you're messy. That's why I'm just playing. <laughs> um, all right. So <laughs> we all saw Lil Nas X. He's been in the headlines for a lot of different things. Least of all, of course, this um, Satan shoe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like Lil Nas X is doing the fucking most here. Trolling just... the hell Woo! out of the world right now. That is and he's and, and he's a master at it. I mean, my yeah. goodness, he can capture the the attention of the internet like very few others. All right, wealthy so and all... being a troll is a toxic combination. So Ooh. wealth and being a troll. So this is the intersection of two things that I guess it just it's just fascinating to watch. I can't believe how people are just playing right into this. Right go into ahead, it. Crazy, right? Okay. So he puts out this shoe, bless you. Uh, it's to promote uh, the song that he's uh, recently released. What's it called? That's Montero. Montero. Call Me okay. By Your Name. Do, do you? I haven't heard it. Do you like it? I've heard the song. I haven't seen the video that everybody's talking about, but I have heard the song. You, um, and it's you a think catchy, it's a hit? you know. It's catchy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's catchy. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, he does. He, he likes to put out a successful bop. So we know yes, how that can go. All right. So he puts out this Satan shoe to uh, coincide with the release of the new single. And it's got some real shit with it. Okay. So it's a Nike Air Max 97. That's what the actual shoe is. But then it's been. Um, it's, Quote unquote it, it, customized. Customized. Right? Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect word. It's been customized uh, by an artist by the name of Mischief, Mischief essentially. It's capital M S. C H F, whatever. Um, and it, it, it's under this notion of, uh, and Mischief is a New York based art collective that's partnered with Lil Nas X to create this Satan shoe. And the shoe, again, it's doing the most. It's literally got yeah. a human, a drop of human blood, which Mischief is saying was donated by um, the team, the, the actual members <laughs> of their team. Cha, I can't. Um, listen, um, the, the, the shoe, the Satan shoe has a Pentagon charm on it. Um, oh it's got God. text at the bottom of the shoe saying, uh, reading scripture. It's Luke 10, 18. Um, and then it's got a stamp show because they all, here we go with this Satan shit. They literally only made 666 of these shoes. <laughs> I believe this the, the most, the most <laughs> Dustin. Um, and on your special shoe, you get to know which number you are of that 666. So it'll be like, you know, Shoe number 18 slash 666, doing the most. So as you might imagine, Nike has felt a way about all of this because what the the, the narrative has become uh, that Nike supports Satan worshiping and (laughs) is anti-God, I guess, because, you know, again, we could talk about all this art stuff that I just enumerated, but ultimately this is still a Nike Air Max. That's exactly what this is. Um, It's got the Nike trademark still on it. Anybody that knows a sneaker knows this is an Air Max and it created brand confusion. So Nike has successfully, so far at least, sued Lil Nas X and this damn Satan shoe to block further sales of the shoe. So listen, D, Nike's actually put out this statement and and, um, we're pulling this from Rolling Stone. So this is their quote. They say that the shoe design is likely to cause confusion and dilution and create an erroneous association between Mischief's products and Nike. And they say this, they go on to say that it has already resulted in significant harm to Nike's goodwill 
including among consumers who believe that Nike is endorsing Satanism. Mm, mm, deep, mm. deep, deep shit. And listen, I hear where Nike's coming from, actually. It's a lot. I'm going to get into the legal. But what do you just think? When you first saw the shoe, Dustin, and you saw clearly it's a Nike, it's an Air Max, but it's clearly this little Nas X mischief special edition blood on the shoe, not 666. Yeah. What was your impression? Um, well, listen, I think there's two conversations going on at once here, right? When it comes to Little Nas Next and, and his most recent um, contributions to the art world. Um, I think there's lots and lots of symbolism um, in, in his video, lots of themes, lots of... Uh, so I've heard, again, I haven't watched it, but I've read everything about it, mm-hmm. which is how I knew that I didn't want to watch it. So I made mm-hmm. a, a big boy choice, you right? Which I don't, spirit. Yeah, I don't know why most people spirit. aren't just being mature about this and making their own choice and keeping it moving, but they want to talk about it, so fine. Mm-hmm. I think that... Um, just the mere mention of the devil, Satan, you know, all of those things. It is a trigger for most people who, you know, your faith is something that, you know, will convict you to have a strong reaction or a strong, you know, um, opinion about things. And it's working, you know, and really it's just another video. The shoes are dumb. I don't understand why they would put themselves at risk for that because obviously, as you can see, Nike don't play that. And so, um, here we are, you know, but people have just all up in an uproar over nothing to me, in my opinion. Well, I don't think there's much more for me to say. Shit, you dropped a mic on that. That's exactly <laughs> correct to me. You're right. Like, the, uh, okay, so here's the thing. No way in the world Lil Nas X or Mischief or none of these people involved with this fucking Satan shoe did not expect this legal recourse from Nike. Duh. Of course they were going to get sued. But to your point... Who gives a damn? The, the shoe is done already what it needs to do. They don't yes. need to sell no more pairs of the shoe. Not a one. You know, they only had 666 anyway. Mm-hmm. So the the cultural phenomenon and moment has been achieved. So yeah. they've already won. Um, Nike is just sitting here pissed. Um, and listen, I actually uh, totally understand where Nike's coming from. Right? Hell yeah. Any- well, I guess I shouldn't say hell yeah right ah! now. <laughs> <laughs> you did there. I love it. Um, yeah, as any curator of of branding will tell you, when you work as hard as we individually do, let alone a million <laughs> dollar brand like Nike, you are of the utmost protection of the associations of your products and branding. Um, so hell yeah, they fill in a way and they file for this injunction relief, and actually probably and not probably they've also filed for damages. Right? Mm-hmm, they want mm-hmm. a financial reimbursement of any lost profits. So it's yeah. a lot going on there. Obviously uh, Nike, this current ruling, a judge has uh, ruled in favor of Nike. The shoes cannot be sold anymore currently. Uh, and we'll see if there ends up being a, uh, a, a financial cost as well to Lil Nas X or to mischief, which I wouldn't yep. be surprised. Actually. I wouldn't either. Yeah. I'm also not surprised that somebody named mischief did all this shit in the first place. You know what? I just want to say that you really touched my spirit, you know, when you got into your pastor bag and and let us know about the importance. It's true of protecting one's spirit. That's not my shit either. Like this is I just like I'm just saying, like it just ain't for me. And I'm not saying this for and I'm I just want to be clear, right? I'm not one of these weird people who can't, you know, look at something and interpret it for the The art art that it is, right? This is not a personal thing for me. I just don't feel like looking at that shit. And I also have had other more important things to do than to take that time out of my day and watch that damn video. It just was not that big of a deal for me. 
So when Laura Ingram and all these other people are just about to literally combust, spontaneously combust, right. you know, behind this video, I just don't get it, uh, Ebony. It's just it's just so stupid to me. Well, listen, let me just tell you a little something about your friend, Ebony. Um, yes. I'm so protective of my spirit around that kind of mm-hmm. Satanism. Suspect I can't even shit. watch the Thriller video, Quiet As It's Kept. Okay? So, like, let's, okay, let's be I, you know clear. What? Yeah. So not, you know how I feel about Michael. Yeah. And not for nothing. I'm old enough to remember. Obviously, I was a baby when it came out, but then I did my research. There was a massive backlash mm-hmm. movement against Thriller for mm. all. And Michael was a Jehovah Witness too. Yes, he was. Yep. So, yep. And you oh, know yeah. they don't play that shit. At fucking all, baby. Yeah. So you're totally right. There, there's a lot of that. But let me tell you what I won't do to this day. Mm-hmm. And you know why? I, I, I like a fashion moment. <laughs> You're about to to really like laugh at me like ridiculously. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite shoe designers is Giuseppe, right? Okay. Okay. I love love a good pair of Giuseppe's. Um, I I got my first wedding. I was married in a pair of Giuseppe's. And while the marriage literally did not last even quite a year, um, I just threw those shoes out recently. (laughs) The shoes did. (laughs) Those shoes were lasting me 10 fucking years. Baby, let me tell you something. Well made. Yes. Um, so I love Giuseppe's shoes and they, they have a shoe. I think they still have it, but basically the shoe is, um, it's a serpent. It's a, it's mm. a serpent. Um, beautiful shoe. Oh, it's like a sandal. Uh-huh. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. And it, it wraps, it goes uh-huh. up, uh, around yeah, the yeah, ankle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. be- beautiful shoe. Like you yep. said, I totally respect and appreciate the art. I cannot wear serpents. I, I know, ain't that you. crazy? But I, I can't. I, can, I, I love the shoe. I think the shoe is beautiful. I cannot put that fucking serpent on my body. I cannot do it. Because everybody got their lines, man. Like you got yeah. your boundaries and just your personal things, and the way that you govern yourself. And some shit just, you know, and I, I, I don't knock anybody at for their all. choices. And when I see people on the red carpet wearing them, I put my hands together <laughs> and applause. I think it's beautiful. I'm just the way my you ain't wearing them the shoes. way my karma shit set up, Dustin. <laughs> I can't afford to risk it. Like I don't I think anything bad would happen if I wore the shoe. I don't. But, but just to but be I just show, in just case. Be show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 Won't be stepping in no serpents around Listen, here. I can't God do damn it because then no. as as some bad shit happen. I'm gonna be uh-huh. like, God damn it. See, that's what I get. The motherfucking shoes. This motherfucking yep, serpent yep, shoe yep. from trying to be cute, fucking around yep. with Giuseppe's ass. <laughs> Cannot do it. I don't want to put it next to my other shoes, you yeah, know, because exactly. the shit might, the spirit might jump off into jump the other off. shit. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, no. You know, my my great grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher. I can't fool with it. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. We, we, we're we're both really doing the most here, so we're gonna take a sorry. break. We're gonna take a whole break because we have gone off the deep end. Oh, uh, and when we come back, ooh, oh my goodness. Yeah, when we come back, we're going to level set. We're going to pray yes. the spirits away. Yes. And we're actually yes. going to talk about the NCAA and the yes. bullshit they're talking about and why they're about to show up at the Supreme Court. Um, and we're going to get into those details when we get back to more Holding Court. All right, jurors, welcome back to Holding Court. Now let's get into, uh, you know, we're literally in the middle of March Madness. So mm-hmm. how appropriate, yes. right, that we go in and talk about the NCAA uh, and the bullshit that they've been getting away with for years. And I feel a way about this, Dustin. I'm going to tell you off the off the jump. Um, okay. I feel a way as a proud graduate of UNC Chapel Hill 
And, yes. you know, huge basketball school, huge D1 programs, and, and actually not for nothing, our football program has been, been upticking in the last few years, too. Um, talk your shit, but, uh, Listen, you know yes. I like to do that, yes. okay? Um, <laughs> but I don't like that my beloved institution, along with a lot of these big-ass college programs, mm-hmm. Dustin, they're making billions. And that's not an overstatement. That's not hyperbole. No. Billions. UNC. UCLA, University of Texas, Duke, uh, USC, all these fucking schools. Billions of dollars off the backs of students, alleged student athletes. And I'm going to tell you why I say alleged in a minute. So this is the thing. This is all going to the United States Supreme Court. Okay. Stakes don't get no higher, baby. This is not some bullshit, small potatoes, little, little back country argument anymore. This is going before the highest court in our land. The Supreme Court is about to hear all arguments, D, between basically the students um, and, and their arguments, which is essentially that this notion that the NCAA has used for years to justify their reasoning for not paying or compensating these students that generate billions of dollars of revenue, the reason the NCAA says that they can't, heaven forbid, compensate these students is because that would blur the line, Dustin, between professionalism and amateurism. Oh, kiss my ass. <laughs> kiss my ass. That's the best thing. Who, who in the hell are there? This, is, this, this was an official statement, Ebony. This has been the official statement for years, D. I mean, because they've been this has been in the courts for years, and that's what they've always relied on. And you know the fucked up part is the courts have more or less condoned it. Uh, this who- argument that says, oh, well, the NCAA is a, a college entity, right? Yeah. Um, and it is designed to encourage and maintain the amateurism of student athletes. And it is definitely some bullshit as you just brilliantly pointed out. And let me tell you how I know it to be true firsthand. Yeah. Again, going to UNC and seeing these students, male, female, not by their, all sports, women's basketball, women's lacrosse, women's soccer, um, male, obviously our basketball program, greatest in the country, greatest rivalry in the history of sports, in my opinion, Duke versus UNC, the football players. Let me tell you what they're, These, quote, student schedules look like, Dustin. Almost all of them, and especially uh, the basketball players and the football players. You know how, you know, normal college kid, uh, wake up maybe 6, 7 in the morning, go to your 8 o'clock class, go to another class, have a lunch break, maybe have a couple more classes in the afternoon or evening, and that's your day. And the rest of your time, you get to, because trust me, I did a whole lot of it in school. Turn the (laughs) fuck up. Turn up. Okay, hit up the party, hit up the little local underage club, do your thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Spring break, travel, holiday break, see your family. That's what a normal student's life looks like. These athletes, they used to have to get up at four o'clock in the morning, Dustin, to go to practice for two, three hours. Often in the, and then when the sun hits, now it's hot as hell, okay? Yeah. And they have to do that. Then they have to go to their 8 o'clock, their 10 o'clock, their 11 o'clock class. Then they have to eat lunch quick, oftentimes during tutoring, right? 
so that they can stay academically eligible to play the sport, to make the billions for the school. Then they got to go back to practice two, three in the afternoon. Now it's hot as fuck most of the year. Okay. I'm talking about the, uh, you know, outside sports kids. Um, then, oh yeah, that spring break and holiday break and shit that we all got. No, they, they in tournament. Yep. They're, they're playing tournament. They're playing bowl games. They're do- so get the fuck out of here. And all the wall, their jersey is in the student stores selling $89, And this, these students can't even afford to go off campus and get a Subway sandwich. I'm not right. kidding you. Right. I am not exaggerating. And it's a damn shame that we've allowed it. I think it's a coincidence, not that most of these students I'm talking about look like me and you. Hmm. While Hmm. these enormously white institutions profit to the tune of billions. Look at most of these schools um, that have these big name programs. Do you realize that the college coaches make more than the state governors? It's a damn shame. They make more than the state hospital highest executives. Mm, mm, mm. In most of these states, Dustin, these college coaches are making uh, three to seven million dollars a year. But you're telling me that the students that play for them, they can't even get a, a small compensation stimulus supplemental check. To just let them live a more comfortable lifestyle while they work for this institution? Get the fuck out of here. Damn. That's this, yeah, this just, they gotta make this make sense. And it's not gonna continue to just be, you know, swept under the rug or swept into the bank account, I should say, mm-hmm. without accountability. Like they need to make this make sense and they need to um, you know, give these these athletes the resources that they need and, and that's what they are that's they're athletes yeah. and, and 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 now because mm. i don't know the visibility of the world we live in d the social media you know student athletes are putting that on their feeds we're seeing you know this is not whispers on campus anymore we're seeing that these people are fucking working yeah that's what and guess what their primary role on campus is not to study it's not to go to class. It's not to take blue book exams. They don't no. give a fuck about that. It's not to publish papers or do research. That's yeah. what students do. They're there to play ball. Period. That's what it is. They are. That's athletes. why they're. That's why they're on the school property. Period. Literally to keep keep that that engine running. Okay. Yes. And generating this money for them. So make it right and give these kids what they need. Yeah, give us some compensation. Again, nobody's saying that they need to be out here, you know, necessarily making a million bucks a year in school, but give them something. Give right. them something respectful. They right. should be able to have a decent automobile. Shit, you want to run it back and forth to, to practice and this game and that game all the fucking time. It's only fair. Honor their skill set. Honor their investment of time into your institution. And we don't have this problem anymore. That's that. Just that simple. Yeah. And it's a big legal thing because, you know, you know how uh, the establishment, Dustin, always likes to talk about capitalism and free trade and marketplaces uh, and, and making sure that there's never any infringement upon a nice, fair, accessible, competitive market. And that's why we have something called the Sherman Antitrust Act. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the legal mechanism for which. Uh, the NCAA is being sued right now. They're basically saying that by refusing to compensate these these student athletes, quote, un, unquote, mm. uh, anything, 
uh, beyond the, the quote, scholarship, because that's what the NCAA claims, Dustin. They say, well, oh, well, we are giving them something. We're giving them a free college tuition. Kiss, okay, I'm not going to say I already know. No, yeah. I- I'm going to say it for you. Get the fuck out of here. You know Seriously. why? You know why? Because does, that, does it have value to go to a Duke, a Carolina, uh, a UVA, uh, a University of Texas, Austin? Of course it does. Mm-hmm. But does that value and branding and, yes, appearing on national television with that uniform, does it equate to a billion dollars, though? Huh. No, get the fuck out of here. And that's the problem, Dustin. That's the problem. They've always relied on, you know, the value, the intrinsic value of our mighty elite institutions is all that these young people should need. And it's bullshit. And we know it's bullshit because the the regime has changed. You know, ask Kevin Durant (laughs) how valuable it needed to be to be at an institution. Fuck out. Ask Kevin Garnett. You know, yep. there's yep. ask yep. Ron James. How about that part? Okay. You don't need these institutions anymore <sighs> to be the most dominant player in the world. You do not. So you simply must dismiss that argument, come to the table correct, or what's going to happen? Are, is that these amazing programs and rivalries that so many of us, Dustin, get excited about and cheer for in the spring and fall and all that is going to be some bullshit. It's going to we're going to end up with only mediocre, average, non-exciting players yeah. because those that uh, have the elite skill set, they're going to bypass these exploitive regimes known yeah. as the NCAA. They're not going to risk injury for this bullshit. And I don't blame them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's time. So it'll be interesting. It will. It will. So listen, we'll, we'll keep y'all, uh, to say the least, we'll keep y'all up to date uh, as this thing goes to the United States Supreme Court. Not for nothing. Uh, and it's coming out of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The Ninth Circuit, Dustin, it's based in San Francisco, California. It's notoriously, quote, liberal, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the side of the people. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, oftentimes their decisions are overturned to be honest with you. Okay. Mm. So this is not a sure thing. Um, as much as it would appear to be an open and shut case, a very simple case, the schools are making billions, pay the kids something doesn't work like that necessarily. Right. So we got to yeah. stay on this and watch the NCAA. They have a lot of support. As you already know, Georgia and eight other States have filed briefs. Yes. The States have filed briefs backing this bullshit argument from the NCAA saying that, Oh, if they allow compensation, some colleges would have to increase fees or cut some sports. Oh, please. Please. Get out of here. The lies. The lies. The lies. The lies. The lies. lies. Shit, raise them ticket prices then. Exactly. Get the fuck out of here. People will pay. Um, Exactly. And don't talk too loud because just like we talked about earlier, all somebody has to do is find a piece of evidence that says one thing and then we can investigate y'all asses. Okay, and they don't and see want where that. The, the, you don't want to really money. see where that money is going nope. around. They don't there, really so. want us to follow that money, Dustin. You're they right don't. about that. They don't. Um, and then on the other side, of course, of the argument, uh, President Biden's administration, as well as eight other states, are all supporting the players. Uh, y'all, this is going to be a historic Supreme Court case. Uh, it's going to really <clears> dictate <throat> what college sports and, quote, amateurism yeah. even looks like going forward. So we're going to yeah. stay all over that. All right, wrapping up uh, today's docket. 
somebody that needs to shut the fuck up. And I like him as a player. Oh. Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Draymond Bass is talking too much. What else is new? Mm-hmm. In an interview that wasn't even about women athletes, he decides to speak on what female athletes should do to close the pay gap. Oh, great, Draymond. Thank you so much. Because you know, as a woman, Dustin, I can tell you that really what is always welcome is a motherfucking man who has zero experience being Mm -hmm. a woman, Mm -hmm. has zero understanding and real life uh, analysis as to the challenges of being a woman in this country, let alone in a very male-dominated sports industry. We just love it when a motherfucker speaks out of turn and tells us what to do. I bet. Mm-hmm. It's really just, I just love a mansplaining. Look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Not, get the fuck out of here, Draymond. Shut the fuck up. Keep just defending and shit. Stay healthy and keep getting rings. That's what your ass needs to do. Instead, That's why Dave Chappelle said you had the blackest name he had ever heard. Draymond Green. You remember that joke when <laughs> yeah. Dave Chappelle told that joke? <laughs> Draymond, shut your dumb ass up. So he's out here talking crazy, saying that uh, women, and this is a quote, that they're not laying out steps that they can take to change the pay disparity. So it's coming off as complaining. He goes on to say that because the people that can change it, they're just going to continue to say, well, the revenue isn't there. The revenue isn't there. So if you don't bring in the revenue, we can't up your pay. And they're going to keep using that. Oh, brilliant, Draymond. Wow, we no one's ever heard that argument before. Wow, this is like revolutionary. Right. Oh, what a what an original idea. He goes on to say that the WNBA players are doing themselves a disservice by just complaining. <laughs> now, I'm not going to go into the weeds, but I'm going to tell you this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to see a model as to what a collective power block of athletes can look like around issues of their own pay, around issues of criminal justice reform, around using their platforms for the highest level of communal good, look no further than the WNBA. They've Mm. actually done it better than any sports league in the world. In the world. Wow. And as for Draymond's critique, Dustin, that all these women are, are doing is complaining and not laying out steps, tell this to the WNBA legend, Diana Teresi. Okay, now this Mm -hmm. is a woman who sat out the whole 2015 season with the WNBA because the WNBA was only paying her one hundred and seven thousand dollars a year, a season Mm. rep. Right. I guess how much she was making from the Russian league that she played for in the offseason, because that's often what these WNBA players have to do. D, as you know, um, they don't make any money here in the States. So they really supplement their life by playing overseas. So they never have an offseason. You know, the NBA yeah. players don't have an actual offseason. WNBA players don't get an offseason because they got to play to live. Um, in Russia, she was paid $1.5 million. <laughs> Compared to 107000 Yeah. From, uh, please. And she had a, 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 a legendary clap back. She says, we had to go to communist countries to get paid like capitalists. Ooh. <laughs> How about that? Oh, what a scorcher, right? Scorcher. And Draymond looks even dumber because the WNBA actually just came off of a massive collective bargaining agreement win, okay, where Mm -hmm. they just were able to increase 
uh, the salary cap from 117 a year, 117,000. Now it's almost doubled to 215,000. So dream on, sit your dumb ass down. Okay. Shut the fuck up. I like you as a player, but you talk too fucking much. And especially don't talk about shit you don't actually know about. And it's really literally just that simple. Shut the fuck up. And Draymond Green, you have been in front of microphones and been interviewed for many, many years now. This is not something that should be new for you. You you know how to handle yourself in the media. You know how not to get caught up in, you know, speaking about things that exist beyond your range. And so I, I, I just don't understand why that choice was made. What a dumb, dumb move. And hopefully this encourages you to shut up moving forward. Yeah, uh, I, I really like that. Uh, stay stay in your lane, brother, and please stay in your range. Please. Your, your knowledge range. Please. Please. Not knowledgeable please. about this, Draymond. So shut the fuck up. So that's all you got to do, bro. I think that's a great way to close the show. Uh, listen, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it applies to so many different areas of yes, life. Yes, it does, Ebony. So many. Well, listen, y'all, great episode. I really, really appreciate all of your expertise on this stuff, Dustin. I, I think people need to just keep it cute and shut the fuck up on so many things that they don't know about. It, it. it just makes all the sense of the world. Listen, Juris, thank y'all so much for listening. As always, follow us, subscribe to the show, give us a review. We read all of those reviews, y'all. It informs us on what we need to do for our future episodes, what guests you want to see, and all that jazz. Tell a friend, uh, give us the, the five-star review if you feel that way, and, and get the word out about Holden Court. Holden Court comes to you from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media and presented by the Black Effect Network from iHeartRadio. Audio services always brilliantly provided by One of One Productions. Y'all check them out at oneofoneproductions.com. Y'all join us next week. Court will be back in session as always. And in the meantime, stay safe, double mask, get your vaccine. Dustin Ross and I are both fully vaccinated. It's about to be a hot, hot auntie, hot uncle summer out in the That's right. Listen, y'all keep your faith and always read the what, Dustin? Terms and conditions, y'all.